podcast is a ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. And now, the message. We, as we try to prepare ourselves for the Christmas season, we're in the middle of a, a short series, and the series is titled, Like a Child. Um, and the idea, as I pull up all my tales, the idea goes something like this, um, and that is that nobody seems to enjoy a Christmas better than a child. Would you agree? Yeah. Some of your fondest memories are of Christmases when you were a child or when your kids were little. And if we're honest, there is something about being an adult that pretty much can ruin Christmas, <laughs> at least for us as adults. And so as we try to ask ourselves, what should we do to prepare our hearts? How can we be ready to have the Christmas that, that our heart yearns for? And, and if we're honest, it does yearn for it, doesn't it? We yearn for something that's meaningful, that's, uh, that's kind of a, a, a watershed moment in our lives. Well, what is it that we can do as followers of Christ to be ready to really celebrate the fact that Jesus came as a baby born in a manger? And so the suggestion that's kind of leading this little short series is that perhaps the best thing we could do is start to think like a child and approach all of this like a child. In fact, do we have that promo queued up? It's a great example. Okay, that's fine. It's not queued up. So uh, we've shown you some of the, pre, uh, the little promos, but the idea is Christmas stories or Bible stories from a child's point of view, right? You just listen to the simplicity. It's powerful and poignant. You know, Jesus made this very point in Mark chapter 10. Maybe you know the story. But people were packing around Jesus. They all wanted to hear what he had to say. They all were impressed and touched by his teaching. And as they're pressing in, parents are carrying their babies and their little ones. And they want Jesus to touch them and to bless them. And the disciples, being the great uh, insightful business people that they were, were chasing these little rodents away. Right? Yes, snot-nosed kids, germ factories. Get away. Get away. We've got important things to do. And Jesus overhears this and he goes, hold on a minute. Don't forbid them. In fact, in Mark chapter 10, it goes like this. And they were bringing, starting in verse 13, they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them, for such belongs, to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall not enter it. Maybe if we weren't even, even if we weren't talking about Christmas, maybe it would still be in our best interests to learn to think more like a child. And so that's this series. Last week we talked a little bit about, and in fact the whole series, the next four series, I mean the last one and the next three, are really all about theology. It really is theology. When you talk about God's nature and God's attributes, uh, in, in seminary we use all kinds of big words. We could talk about his holiness, his goodness. But if a child was to talk about his goodness, 
probably a child would simply say, well, my God, he's for me. He's on my side. And if we, like we're going to, this morning, we're going to talk about something called his omnipresence. That God is everywhere present. But a, a, a little kid wouldn't say omnipresent, unless it meant getting every present there was. <laughs> Instead, they would say something similar to, well, my God, he's with me. Wherever I go, he is with me. Next week, we're going to look at another one of his attributes, his grace. This undeserved mercy that we receive. See, if you're here today and you know you have eternal life. In fact, those of you that are here that maybe haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. You're, you're here as a guest. You're here as a seeker. We're so glad you're here. But what you need to know about the people that think they know they're going to heaven is it's, it's not a matter of being stuck up. It's not that they think that they're good enough to get in. It's just the opposite. It's because we, as followers of Jesus, have realized that there's no way we could deal with our own sin. We could earn eternal life. And so we receive it as a gift instead. The theological term for that is his grace. But you know how a child would say it? My God forgives me. And in Christmas Eve, when we get together, we're going to talk about uh, this big word, omnipotence. God is all-powerful, but a child wouldn't say that. He'd simply say, my God can do anything. Let's talk a little bit this morning about my God is with me. Maybe you've got to get into that children's mindset. So if you don't mind, I know it's a little childish. But let's say it together. My, child, my God is with me. Ready? My God is with me. I wonder if you really realize that's true. I think sometimes we get a little too grown up, too serious. When you and I, if you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, you and I, we're tempted to think of God's omnipresence in some huge, universal, global term. And you, you wouldn't be wrong. It's pretty amazing to realize that God can be here and can be with every other church of believers at the same time. Not just little listening devices, not just checking in, but he's actually present there. That's pretty neat. But I'm going to suggest that if that's the only way we think of God, God's omnipresence, that we are missing the childlike component. We're being way too grown up. Now, for a few of you, that's not a problem. But for most of us, we, we start thinking way too grown up. We think almost Old Testament, not New Testament. In the Old Testament, oh, God was present. He was present, present in his creation. He was present uh, with the patriarchs of the Old Testament. He was present, present with his people. Apparently, he's not present with our kids, but that's fine. They are having a blast. I don't know. If you don't have little kids down there, you're, then you're not hearing the stories about what goes on with our kids' ministry. It's just a blast. I, want, I wish I could be there. Um, but you see, God was more than just present with Israel. Like, I mean, just kinda, He just kind of watched over them. If they needed something, he'd kind of show up. But all of that changed, and you know when it changed. It all changed on one night when the second person of the Godhead 
somehow poured himself into a tiny little infant body and took up residence with us. Not just with us, like the Father had always been all the way around, everywhere, everywhere you go, where is God? Where can I go to avoid his presence? Not just that. I mean, that would be great enough, but, but why wasn't that enough to save us? No, God says, no, we've got to take this up a notch. I'm not just kind of everywhere. I must be with them. And so one of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. Have you paused lately to realize that God is with you? Now, I want to tell an embarrassing little story. Um, I, I know you like that. That's, that's messed up. You should. <laughs> when I was in grade school, as some of you know that I kind of went through this metamorphosis. Around seventh grade, I grew like a foot. And at that same time, I was studying martial arts. And by the time I was halfway through middle school, like I was one of those kids that you could be afraid of. But you need to know that before that, I was the kid that got beat up. Okay? First of all, I had, and it's hard to imagine, but we have pictures to prove it, I had curly, fiery red hair. I mean, you almost have to think Bozo the Clown, okay? It was just like, whoa, and it was just bright red. I was about this tall. Okay, for a fee, we will show you the pictures. I was about this tall. I was, I was fairly short. <laughs> We're going to start auction. 50. Do I have 55? Do I have 60? 60 dollars. I got 60 right there. You guys are messed up. Okay, seriously. Get a hobby. Okay. Um, so so I, was, I, was, I was still short, and I was kind of plump. Kind of had this big kind of square German face and plenty of skin to fill it out. And then on top of everything, because my parents were kind of practical, you know, other kids carried their books, you know, in a bag or whatever. I, I thought one of those, like, banker satchels would work well. So here I am going to grade school carrying a satchel. I mean, you might as well put a sign on me that says, I like being beat up. I mean, I was, I was always being harassed. It, it was kind of fun because the bag was kind of heavy. So if you were walking behind me and you put your foot on my bag and went, woof, it would just go, woof, and then I, I had to go with it. So I was being knocked around all the place like, whoa. All the, it was kind of pitiful. But the saddest thing that happened to me, and to be honest, it only happened once or twice, but in your childlike memory, it feels like it happened every day for my whole life. There was a kid who used to stand near his bus stop, like our buses would pick us up. He was in bus 37, and we were in bus 32. So our bus stops out on this little porch were next to each other, and we'd be waiting to get on the bus. And for some reason, he took offense at me. <laughs> now, what was tough about this is the fact that he was, um, um, there's a, actually, there's a, a, you're supposed to say it a certain way. He was, he was, a, he was a little people. He, would, he walked up to me, and he punched me right in the nose. Boom! Ow! And it was just like, you know, your eyes water, and it was like, and people are laughing, and I'm thinking, well, if that's as bad as it gets, okay, I can live with that. I mean, I was a peaceful child, okay? I'm like, ow. But the reason nothing happened was because he had this other fifth grader with him. 
I want you to think Andre the Giant, okay? This kid was like, you know, a little, little bit of hair growing on his chin in fifth grade. Like, I don't know how many times he failed or whatever, but this kid was huge. Now, he, he was as wide as he was tall, okay? Looking back, I don't think he could have done much damage. He never could have caught me, but he just stood there next to this little guy. And for some reason, I thought, couldn't do anything. And because of that, this little person made my life miserable for a while. He just thought it was fun every day. They're like, hey, come over and get your nose. And I, you know, and I was kind of practical, like, boom, ow. Okay, okay, there we go. I mean, you know, I, I didn't understand fighting. I made up for it later. <laughs> but, but there was something about the fact that that big guy was standing behind him, that that little guy just got braver and braver and braver. In the little promo that we saw last week about David and Goliath and a child telling that story about Goliath comes and you can't fit me, me and David says, I'm going to get you. And he gets a little thing. And he but the whole point of that story is that David wasn't brave. He just knew that his big God was with him. How brave would you be if you knew that the big guy was standing right behind you. And every time something comes up and you're like, ah, and you look back and he says, uh, whatever, doesn't bother me, right? All of a sudden we would find all this courage, not because we're brave, but because the big guy is standing right behind us. It's personal. You know, to a child, presence is important. It's not enough to tell a child, hey, listen, at, you know, when you get home from school, I'll be with you there in spirit, but I won't be home till 8 o'clock. Right? For kids, they want to know, where are you? Big storm. And they don't say, well, I, I know that mom and dad have probably made this house safe and everything, so I think we're, no, they come find you. Right? Presence is important to children. It's not enough to have it in theory. They want to see you. They want to know that you're right there. It's that personal when we say God is with us. If we're honest, though, the problem is that sometimes we don't actually feel like he's with us. We feel like he left us a note on the fridge, but he's not really home. And then something begins to stir inside us. We don't want to say it out loud. We don't want to admit it. But inside, the child in us goes, ha, 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 and we begin to fear. And it's just because we don't realize God is with us. In Isaiah 41, God says this to us, starting in verse 10. He says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your big God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so you don't think it's just an Old Testament thing. In Hebrews 13, he says, Never Will I leave you? Never 
will I forsake you. You see, you and I don't have to worry about what might happen to us because our God is with us. It happens in fifth grade that way. It would happen to you that way if somebody was following you and protecting you. God says that is the way life is supposed to go. You don't have to worry about what's happening to you because I am with you. But what do we do about this problem when, although up here maybe we want that to be true, but we are not experiencing it? And I just want to pause here for a second because I know sometimes I can talk. I'll fill the time before you know it will be gone. Does that ring true for you? Do you, if, someone, if, you, if you were going to turn to your neighbor and admit something this morning, would you say, actually, I, I got to admit, there are times when even though I know God's with me in that big global sense, but actually, yeah, there are times when I just don't feel like he's there. Here's a thought. Just because God is with you, it doesn't mean that you are with him. Just because he's with you doesn't mean you are with him. So, before we're done today, and again, this is children stuff, so it's so simple. I want us to talk for a few minutes. Since we know he's with us, I think probably what we need to focus on is how you and I can make sure we're with him. When you are going to spend a few moments with God, spend a moment. This morning, one of our greatest hopes when we pray as a worship team, when we pray as a setup team, when we pray as a pastoral staff, when we pray for Sunday mornings, we pray that God creates an experience, an, an opportunity, an atmosphere where we, for at least a few moments, feel like we've been with God. If you're going to spend a moment with God and make sure that you're with him, a few things have to happen. And if you have your notes, you can write these down. The first thing that has to happen if you're going to spend time with God is you have to talk to him. We had two daughters. I don't know what it is about daughters. Some of you have daughters. They never stop talking. But then I said, and some other kids, and I mean, I don't know what it is. It feels like it can turn my brain to mush. But it, honestly, for most of us, to be present with someone means to talk to them. We have to talk to God. Now, we call that prayer, but I don't want to call it prayer because, first of all, children keep things simple. And sometimes when you and I think about prayer, we don't think about something simple. Right? When you think about prayer, real prayer, real prayer that's effective, uh, you first, uh, 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 oh, holy Jehovah God, Jireh, uh, uh, right? Your, your voice even changes. In, in your life group, and you're called to pray, you're talking like this, and all of a sudden, hey, Mike, would you pray? God! We, and all of a sudden, your voice changes. Like, you know, it's like, like, like the, the God possession voice. Oh. 
It would be funny if you tried to talk to other people in your prayer voice. Hello, dog. <laughs> How was your weekendeth? Right? I mean, <laughs> I got news for you. God never asked for that kind of talk. And I can promise you that the children that sat on Jesus' lap did not talk to him that way. And he said, this is how you ought to come. The psalmists, I think David understood this. In Psalm 54, he said this. Psalm 54, verse 2. Listen to how simple. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. That's it. That's all. Just listen to me. Now, there are different kinds of prayer. There are those prayers that you utter sporadically throughout the day. It's kind of funny. I think those kind of prayers are sort of like texts, right? They're not even framed in a full sentence. You don't use punctuation. It's just like, where are you? Miss the train. <laughs> What, right? These quick little messages. And some parts of our prayer life are like that. Ah, help. Like, oh, I forgot. Today's the day. And we pray that way. And God says, then talk to me. There are other prayers that are more like conversations. They're not texts. They're actually, so what happened today? Well, why did they say that? Well, how come? Well, how did that make you feel? How many times does this happen all the time? I don't think that's true. We have a conversation that takes a little more time. Sometimes some intentionality, but the point is this. God wants us to talk to him. He's especially interested in talking to you about deep spiritual things. Not at all true. Listen to what Philippians says. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. If you have not memorized this passage, I just want to encourage you to write it down Tape it to your spouse's forehead so you see it. or some, I mean, put it someplace where you'll see it. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. Do not be anxious about the big things. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation. Every situation. By prayer. And petition. That's both asking and receiving. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends everything that you can understand, it's beyond understanding, that will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's with you. So if the problem is not that he's not with you, he's with you, you just need to be with him. The first thing that you need to include is that you need to talk to him. Just talk to him. Secondly, when you're, if you're going to spend a few minutes, a few moments with God, you need to listen to him. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 20, we read this. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice. Hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. Now, some of you have got talking to God down pat, and I think occasionally God wishes you would shut up and listen. 
I find it so ironic in my life that I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, God, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I really need help with that. I fail with that. Please help me with that. And then so-and-so needs this and so-and-so needs that. I really need this. We're really needy, needy, needy. I need, I need. What about Bob? Okay, I need, I need. If you don't, go watch the movie. Rent the movie. Buy the movie. Every one of us should watch that movie once a year. Every, watch it with your life group. Watch it with your family. Just, just watch. I need, I need. And you go, that, that would be me. I need. And then we go, amen. And we walk away. And God goes, where'd you go? I thought you wanted me to answer you. So we need to learn to just pause long enough to listen. Now, there are different ways that we hear from God. I have never heard an audible voice. Can God still do that? He could do anything he wants. And there are times when I said, you could do that. I mean, just rattle me big. I actually pray, that would be awesome. But, but usually what he does in our lives is he speaks in other ways. Around here, we talk about the different ways God communicates. And we say, first of all, he speaks through his word. He speaks through his word. If you expect to hear from God, but you never crack open your Bible... If you hear anything at all, it's only because of his grace. He wrote everything down that we need to know. And if we can't even be bothered to pick it up, then he doesn't have to feel obliged to do something special. Yeah, friends, like they don't get, hold, they don't get contact with you. You know, you call them, they never call you. They never call me. Say, well, you, you got my number. All you have to do is call. God speaks through his word. We call that listening to practical teaching. Sometimes you don't have to open the Bible yourself. I hope that we do that for you here. This isn't enough. But just by coming, that's why I just, I, I just, I, I just can't, I, I, I have trouble understanding people. I'll talk to them, and they'll talk. I say, how's your spiritual life? Oh, oh, oh. it's just not going so good. Yeah, it's really good. So, well, because I, I don't see a church. Oh, oh, well, you know, I, I mean, it's just so much going on. Yeah, so, and how is all that going? Oh, it's, ter it's terrible. Like, like, well, how are you making it? I don't know if I could make it. I say, why don't you come to church? Oh, I'm so busy. Like, they don't get I'm going to make you promise at Crossroads, if you make it here for an hour and 10 minutes on a Sunday, we will at least make sure you hear a little bit of God's word. <laughs> Practical teaching. But it's not the only way we hear from God. We can open the word ourselves. We call that private disciplines. You can sit down someplace, open your Bible, write down that verse. Just write down Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Put it on a card. Put it in your pocket. And on your lunch break, just whip it out. You're in the word. God also talks through people. We call those providential relationships. These are the people that God sends into your life, and God uses them. Sometimes they speak for God right into your life. Other times you see God in them, even if they don't say a word. But God uses people to communicate. And often God uses experiences we try to encourage all of you to find a way to get involved with ministering to others in some way. That is not to fill a slot. It's not because we got all these slots on a roster and we got to get a person in each spot. 
It's because when you begin serving others and trying to encourage their spiritual life, you hear from God. And he also speaks through pivotal circumstances. Sometimes, sometimes we lose a job. We lose our health. We lose a home. We have a broken relationship. Something happens that is, feels devastating, and yet some of you, would, your testimony is, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because God showed up. And those people that experience that, they're, they're not touched in the head when they tell you, I don't think I would change a thing. In all of those ways that God speaks to us, we need to remember, in any of those ways, each of those five points, there is one voice. His job is to be an intercessor. He is the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said in John 16. Remember, he was sitting with them at the table. The Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah, he's going to leave, and he's basically saying, I got a better deal for you. See, I'm here with you, but this next, my my spirit is going to be in you. This is what he says. I have much more to say to you in John 16, verse 12. More than you could bear right now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he's going to make known to you. Just a few weeks ago when we were doing our study in 1 Corinthians, we were in 1 Corinthians 2 and we looked at this passage. Starting in verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has even conceived, those are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his own spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Uh, some of you see sometimes when we're playing music and we've got these little in-ear monitors, little speaker in here, so that, so that we know that we can hear one another no matter what's happening out here. Can you imagine if you had a little earpiece and coming through on that channel was the very voice of God? Isaiah first, uh, chapter 30 Verse 21, this is what the prophet Isaiah said. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, you're going to be very glad that you came today because we have a special treat for you. We have a special free trial. We're going to give away a free trial today to each of you. At no charge, you're going to get a free trial of hearing from God. I hope you're ready. This is how it's going to work. This is all you have to do. Sometime in the next week, pause for five or ten minutes. 
You're going to kind of turn your face, turn your attention to God, and you're just going to say, God, because you want to hear from him, is if there's someone that I should pray for, pop their name into my mind. That's weird. But that's all we're going to do. Free trial. Just say, God, if there's somebody I should pray for, you tell me and I'll pray for them. Hmm. I don't know why I just thought about Ben. <laughs> Probably a coincidence. I mean, I just, because, I, I mean, I don't think about Ben. I don't think about Ben all the time. I never, I never think about Ben. Is that really possible? Okay, well, I said, oh, oh, this is weird. Okay, well, oh, well, there it is. Okay, so I'm going to pray for Ben. Maybe you want to be courageous and say, okay, I just realized I don't even know what to pray for Ben. What should I pray for? Oh, that is really weird. That is really weird. Uh, okay, God, I just pray for Ben. I pray for his job. I don't even know what he does. But I pray. And, and so you just, if it happens, you just pray that. And then if you really want to go all out and use this free trial to its max, when you're done praying for them, call that person or text that person and just say, hey, by the way, just wanted to know, I prayed for you today. Later you can visit them in a hospital because they'll have had a heart attack. I, I, I double dog dare you to pray for someone when the name pops in your head and then let them know that when and where you prayed for them because this is often what happens. Hello? Yeah, this is Ben. Oh, hey. Yeah, I think I remember you from church. Yeah, sure. Oh, really? Really? Well, that was really nice. When did you... Wait, when? Are you... Seriously, it was yesterday? That's, that is really, really amazing. Because yesterday, and I was driving on the Schuylkill Expressway, and, and this truck came out of nowhere, and it was like inches. We're talking it. And you're going to be on the other side going, and you're going to realize something. That you can talk to God. You can hear back from him. And if we obey him, we actually end up by working with him. And you say, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Do it again. Doesn't that sound like a child? Do it again. Do it again. <coughs> Presto. Not only are you hearing from God, you're being used by him. <coughs> I double dog dare you to try Two more things before we go. You're going to spend a moment with God. You need to receive from him. You need to receive from him. Be ready to receive something from him. Kids are great at receiving. <laughs> they are gifted receivers. Adults, we get so mental. Oh, oh, hey, oh, no, no never mind. Hey, you know, oh, that's okay. Uh, you know, I just, I just want to earn it myself. A kid's like, are you crazy? Thank you. <laughs> right? We could learn something from kids. Think about the stories that you do know from the Bible. Who do you know that received strength when they were weak? 
Who do you know that received guidance when they were lost? Who do you know that received courage when they were afraid? Who do you know that received rest when they were so weary? I think this is especially appropriate right now. Who, who did you know in those stories that received comfort when they were hurting? 2 Corinthians 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves received. Isaiah 66 puts it this way, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. I mean, there is usually a difference between the way dads handle that and moms. <laughs> what happened? Oh, come on. Well, okay, pull the nail out. Okay, okay, is it bleeding? Okay, not much. All right. So stick something in it. Stop your whining. And, and but moms, oh, honestly, if we were honest, has there been a time this week when you wish you were the child and your mom, maybe, even, maybe not your mom, a good mom, if you didn't have a good mom, but somebody would come and just go, come, come here, come, come here. It's going to be okay. It's going it's, it's to be okay. Got it. If I have felt that this week, I'm certain you have. God says that's exactly what he wants to offer us. Now, if we had started with that, it would have sounded kind of theoretical and, and doctrinal. But when, when you've tried our free trial and you've seen what happens when God suddenly shows up, now you realize that it is actually very possible that he can give you comfort, give you strength, give you hope. What is it that you need from him? He's with you. The question is, have you been with him? One last thing before we go. If you're going to spend a moment with God, you need to talk to him. You need to listen to him. You need to be ready to receive from him. And then don't forget to enjoy his presence. Enjoy him. In Psalm 16, we read this. You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is something that grows as you become aware that he's with you all the time. Proverbs 8 says, I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. And do you know why you can rejoice always? Because he's with you always. Not just in some theoretical, theological sense. He is Emmanuel. We couldn't become like God, so he became like you. And here's a stunning thought. If it's really possible for you and I to spend a moment with God, then you realize what that means. It also means you could spend an entire minute with God. 
And if you can spend an entire minute with God, you could spend a whole hour with God. And if you can spend a whole hour with God, you could spend an entire day with God. And if you're going to spend an entire day with God, do you realize you could spend an entire week with God? And if you're going to spend an entire week with God, you realize you could spend an entire month with God. And if you spend an entire month with God, you realize what that means. You and I could spend an entire year with God. And if you can spend a year with God, well, we can spend an entire lifetime with him. I hope in this Christmas season, every time you hear that word, that name, Emmanuel, that it stops us in our tracks. You almost want to turn to somebody and say, that means more than what you think. That means way more than, I mean, he's not just, he's, um, he's just, and then in the process you're going to go, that's right, you're right here. You are right here with me. Now, if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, he is here in that sense that he's everywhere, but he wants to be with you and his spirit in you. And that happens when you put your faith in him. He died for you, made the payment for your sin. He offers eternal life and he offers his spirit. He wants to redeem you. Today's a great day to put your faith in Jesus as your Savior if you've never done that. Many of us have done that. And if we're honest, we have gotten way too grown up since then. And I'm going to suggest that that is why we feel so weak, so impotent, so joyless, Now, some of us are more gifted at being childish than others. And I'm willing to help you if I can. But it really is up to you. Remember this. In fact, say it with me. My God is... Let's try it again. My God is with me. Incredible. Let's pray. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, now's the time. Now's the day. There is no better time. But many of you are just like me. You made that decision a long time ago, and it feels like somehow we should have moved on. Now we have to say, God, forgive me for moving on. Take a minute and talk to him. God, I believe that you're with me. I'm thinking maybe I just haven't been with you. Forgive me for that. And this week, let's do something about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Intro music by bensound.com. Visit us online at crossroads-cc.org.